All right, let's bring on Sylvia Jabonowski, CEO and CIO of Defiance ETFs. Welcome on. Welcome back. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Great to see you. Happy Friday. Hey, happy Friday indeed. Let's go ahead. Let's dive right into the markets. First thing is just kind of an overall. How do you feel like investors should be approaching this current environment right now? Um, yeah, that's a that's a great question. What a what a fun year it's been for the markets. So it's it's been yeah. a bit of a roller coaster ride. So I think that you know investors have a lot of options as they always do in the markets, and it's just sort of important to think about you know where we came from, why we're here, and where we're going. So yeah, you know we had this last couple of of weeks or, or months of lots of you know inflationary pressures, fears of the Fed and what they're going to do, um, geopolitical issues, you know risks of recession. Um, uber bad consumer sentiment uh, using University of Michigan, you know, last two reads. The last one was okay, but the, the two before that were pretty terrible. And, and just this this wholly negative feeling that, you know, we're going to have this huge recession, the market's going to crash and whatnot. And look, a lot of the a lot of the major indices and, and stocks that we love watching did fall. So S&P went into bear market. NASDAQ is, is you know, sort of more than more than bear market territory. Um, June got us there. We we sort of got out. We got a rebound in July and, and got pretty close to to back there in August. So, you know, that's sort of what happened. Where we are now, I, I think that there's this uncertainty in the market. We're bound to see range-bound volatility going forward in the short term. You know, if, if you ask me what will happen in the next 20 days, I think a lot of what we've seen over the past 20 days, um, any kind of news piece will move the market. So the key to the, the key to the future is really, you know, stability. And, and I think we, we sort of need three things to get that stability. One will be a strong corporate earnings season. If we see that, you know, that will tell us that corporate America can withstand inflation. We have pricing power, consumer remains strong, you know, the revenues, operating margins, things like that stability is there in that sense. Um, a, a Fed that sort of stops talking in a way that, you know, large hikes will continue and maybe starts to change the tune to we're almost there or we're just about there and we'll have some stability there. And then of course, the dirty word inflation coming down. You know, I think if we get below 8% in the next read or two, that will feel like we're going in the right direction and the market will start to stabilize and maybe we get some momentum. But to answer your question specifically for investors, dollar cost average, dollar cost average, dollar cost average. These pullbacks are great for investors that have outlooks for three to five years, you know, out and particularly younger investors that are, you know, dipping into 401ks and things like that. I mean, you want to buy stocks here if, if you're in that camp and you can kind of put the cash to the side and let it sit there for a few years. Definitely, you know, time in the market, not timing the market. We hear this absolutely mentioned, you know, time in and time out. But it's really until usually you see it five, 10 years down the line when you think back to that statement or like, yeah, that's definitely the move there. It wasn't trying to time the market, but just get in right, especially for new investors out there. Yeah, totally. And we always have that, you know, that we say like FOMO when we see these short term rallies like today, the market looks great, right? This is all noise. The whole thing can pull back in a couple of days or two, you know, yeah. a couple of days or more. But three to five years out, I do think we'll be in a much different spot. Now, of course, uh, everyone's asking the questions. Do we take out lows? You know, what could be the catalyst that could potentially, you know, bring us down there? Because right now it seems like we caught a, a decent bounce there near the 390s. 
Yeah, so I think there there are a couple of interesting things going on. The one thing that I would say is that it's really hard to predict what what can happen. You know, my sense of it is that we won't sort of retest those lows or go lower than those lows. And you know, the reason why, with, with all the bad news, as we said, sort of inflation, hawkish Fed, geopolitics, you know, just just sort of everything um, going wrong from all directions in the market. You know, given all of that, the market has actually held up pretty well um, in in terms of you know not kind of like going below those levels from from June with with the continued sort of bad news. But I think, you know, the odd card here is that there's so much going on, right? You have this energy crisis in Europe, you have global bankers that are just emboldened to raise rates and fight inflation, you've had continued shutdowns due to COVID in China, you have, um, you know, the inflation we have here, you know, two, two, um, G, two negative GDPs, technical recession. So there are a lot of, you know, kind of risks in the market right now. But my sense of it is that, with everything that has happened so far, corporate America has held up pretty well. Companies are still flush with with cash. You know, consumers they have less than they did before, but the consumer is still relatively you know strong. As we keep saying, we see the spending in services there. Jobs numbers are good, and 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 I think you know I think we'll be okay. I do think we're going to see some pullbacks here and there, um, just just based on you know additional rate hikes and and things like that. Perhaps earnings season will will have some uh, negative surprises there, but I, I think overall we're we're going to kind of stay neutral and and start to recover in terms of equity markets into the end of the year. I'm pretty bullish on like a decent year end actually that will get some positive momentum October onward. Uh, would you be as bullish as to say maybe a new high? I don't know that we'll get a new. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's a reach yeah. there. I feel like. Yeah, but, that's a reach there. That's a reach yeah. there. Um, you know, but like, you know, forty-five to to forty-seven, maybe you know something like that. I In mean, it, it, it's not inconceivable, but I, you know, I, I'm not going to say that I see the S and P closing above five thousand. That's for sure. Yeah, there's there's some people out there in uh, that camp that uh probably be lonely at the end of the year, but let's get into more of defiance. Now I want to talk a little bit more about ETFs that you guys offer. And so first one I want to go into is more the cruise and how do you feel about the travel industry? And also a little added question. I, I just was wondering why no Airbnb? Yeah, well, that somebody's doing that already, right? So we wanted to do something a little bit different. Um, okay. We are, um, so we are focused on kind of like the classic reopen trade. And we think that that's, you know, hotels, airlines and, and cruises, you know, you can definitely throw in some of these other companies out there. And I think they're more of like the fintech travel types of firms, which are super cool. But this ETF, we thought focused, you know, very cleanly on that reopen trade, right? So you get access to the top hotel airline and and cruises of the world, you know, this is just a great story. It's quieted down because we sort of feel like everything's back to normal, but spending is actually not. So um, domestic airlines have seen, you know, a big pop this year, 50% growth from, from last year. And they're at 90%, 93% of where they were pre-COVID in terms of bookings and things like that. You know, international travel is still nowhere near there in the 70 percentile. Um, you know, you've had fuel cost things like that kind of slamming these companies, but a lot of that is turning around, right? So fuel costs have gone down. The consumer started traveling this summer. You know, airlines, airline um, pricing was was you know you really saw inflation there, right? Prices were higher than ever. Hotels were booked. Um, but cruises is kind of the one that's a little bit slower to catch up, and I think that that's you know we're getting there with that one. But with the COVID restrictions lifted and whatnot, I just think that the next six months or so, you're going to get that corporate travel back online. And um, a lot of these companies, CEOs, Delta, for example, they gave really solid outlooks on expecting 
you know, growth in operating margins, um, you know, highest ever level bookings that, that they're starting to see towards year end. And this ETF allows you to really just benefit from that. So instead of trying to figure out like, okay, who's in better shape debt wise? Is it United or Delta? Well, you know, right now United is outperforming uh, both Delta and S&P 500, but both stocks are out outperforming S&P 500. Um, Delta has a better earnings outlook, but you know, you, you kind of want to diversify your exposure there because you don't know who will win and who will lose. But I think broadly the sector will win. Definitely an uh, interesting opportunity, especially at a time where people are just not maybe looking so much into travel stocks. It could be an opportunity to get this at a discount. Now let's go into another one that I thought was really interesting, of course, is FIVG, which really seems interesting to me because when you get into these really uh, the thematics that I, I'm really focusing on, like autonomous driving, edge computing, and Internet of Things, remote medicine. These are all kind of areas that I definitely want to have some exposure to. So tell us a little bit more about FIVG, the next gen connectivity ETF, and some of the holdings that you guys have. Yeah, sure. So um, it, it's it's 5G actually, and and it's it's meant to represent you know the the automation and digitalization of, of the world. I think that the next decade, you know, it's kind of getting clobbered right now because growth stocks are getting clobbered, and people are thinking that you know themes are just these kind of like dirty words that we shouldn't invest in. But the truth is that themes are actually true innovations that are going to impact society and the way we live, work, play, and communicate in the next decade. So, you know, 5G is important because it's the catalyst for sort of any anything. Um, some of the, the ideas that you mentioned, edge computing, you know, artificial intelligence, electric vehicles, um, just communication between uh, rural and urban America, you know, um, digitalizing and, and creating robotics for factories where you can't find, you know, sort of workers to fill these un unfilled positions, supply chain technology, um, just about anything you can think of in terms of of tech, you know, even even cyber and cloud. So all of these things depend on, um, you know, a, a strong ability to communicate swiftly and ability to store data, um, chips, um, you know, um, network connectivity, cell phone towers, cell phone companies. You know, so these are the types of names that are actually in the ETF. They sort of represent each of these kind of sectors and subsectors. So you have everything from like the REITs and the towers and the equipment um, to digitalize things. Chips are a huge factor in all of it. And, you know, we just think that 5G is just something that, um, you know, just 5G in itself, right? Just the conversion of, of cell phones to faster networks and, and lower latency is just going to continue and, and going to pick up and grow. The Kager is estimated to be um, in the 50% range for the next five years or so. So we just want to give investors to all of the companies that will participate in the build out of the future of technology. Definitely. You know, uh, here at Benzingo, we love to call that the, you know, the thing behind the thing. And it's something that yeah. you know, a lot of times <laughs> you just don't think about it. But a lot of times if you look at it in school, they used to tell me, look at the underlining asset, look at the underlining assets. Well, these are a lot of what is going to play into those themes moving forward and the technology behind a lot of the kind of products and services that we'll be using. Yeah, I like the way you put that, actually. In my mind, it's like the, maybe it's, you know, we call it the future of technology, but like the things behind the things, like what are the things that make, that make things like right now they're staples, right? So maybe these are actually the staples of the future, too. That's a great way to look at it. Like it. Now, the last thing I want to do is uh, talk a little bit about healthcare, some major drug manufacturers. I've been seeing them thrown around with a lot of GARP outlooks. So is there any kind of major names that you like here with some valuations that make sense, maybe some dividends that could be coming into play? 
Yeah, you know, I think for healthcare, I, I generally like the sector as a defensive play. I think yeah. it's it's wise, you know, whether you just want to buy an ETF that gives you broad-based exposure to it to have some defensive quality within your portfolio. You know, if we do get a big, you know, recession, people still need to go see the doctor, right? They still need their medicine and things like that. So that's that's the argument there. I like CVS and United in particular. I think, you know, CVS and um, United have done some good uh, M&A activity. I think they're growing out their uh, portfolio of services and and you know they sort of they have goods they have services they have pharmaceuticals they're you know going to be on um, the medical provider you know part of the, part of the book they have digitalized healthcare fintech healthcare and whatnot so I like those two companies they're they have solid balance sheets cash on the balance sheet they can spend um, strong operating margins and you know they pay dibs so. Well, thank you for joining us, uh, joining us today. Like always, I appreciate thank you coming you. on and talking about tech and a whole bunch of different areas. And I'm gonna definitely go ahead and stay up with the ETF. You guys can definitely check these out. I'll include the link so you guys can check out all the ETF Defiance has to offer. Appreciate you coming on, Sylvia. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Thanks for having Have me. Have a great one.